Welcome, Sojourners. You have found yourself a cozy place here at Sojourners Awake. I'm Jonathan, and this is our production of The Fairy and the Free. Like you, the Sojourners are on a mission. They face conflict and sometimes even danger. The Sojourners press on through the cloud forest into the wizard's home to find the City of Luminous. For within the City of Luminous, there's somewhere a missing green swan. This beautiful swan belongs to none other than the Prince of Autumn, the Lord of Twilight in the land of Dreamland. Trina knows him, oh, very well, for she spent some time there in the courts of the Fae. And if they find this green swan and bring it back to safety, oh, well, they'll have the Prince of Autumn in their debt. How will the Sojourners fare? here in this wild airscape of Skyworld. And so for now, our story continues. Hello, Hi. I am Gabby Fiddlehold. And I am home. Who are you? Well, I'm Birdie and um, your cat seemed to like bacon. Do you like bacon? I can give you some of my bacon. It's no longer my cat. And to be quite honest, I'm so glad that it stayed here. Oh, you figured it out. You're really good at playing games. Well, I am kind of smart. I mean, I don't mean to brag or anything, but I can figure things out. What, what, how did you make the tea kettle sound? That was the only piece, the only piece of the puzzle I couldn't figure out how I was going to put it together. How did you manage it? Karina just pokes her finger out and precipitations the sound again. She slaps her forehead. It's always the simplest solution that saves the day. Precipitation. Who would have thought that I would be saved by a simple cantrip? <laughs> to think of all the times that I just absentmindedly cast that spell. This is, oh, oh, do you like my staff? Do you have been in that snow globe for all this time? A hundred years. That's a long time to be trapped. It was awful. Uh, horrible experiment gone wrong. I had no idea that everything was going to happen that way. But over the last hundred years, I was able to figure out the recipe or reverse engineer it. Of course, now it makes sense. I was making tea for my breakfast at the time. I was standing in the teleportation circle. I began to fiddle and found this strange, inconspicuous looking button, having no idea what it was, but pressing it at the right time during the tea kettle serenade. Me and, of course, the nearest creature within the snow globe swapped places, uh, which is what I've learned that the teleportation circle will only work if there is a flesh and blood creature. Um, Wait, wait, now there's a cat trapped in there? Well, always has been. How do we save him or her? Well, to the best of my knowledge, the cat must have had some home there. To just wait, so there's a whole world in that snow globe and you just have it sitting on your shelf? Oh, it's not a world. It's that... a very boring, uh, but there's uh, static. People who live there? No, no, they're static creatures. They are but mannequins. The cat lives there. Flesh the cat and blood. There. It's well, it's kind of flesh and blood. It's a strange creature. It's That's... got more of a magical essence to it, or it's like a half and half. I, 
haven't really figured it out yet, but it's flesh and blood, but it's also magical. That seems very irresponsible to leave somebody's home on your shelf where it could break. Wait, to leave whose shelf? This globe is on your shelf and the kitty what? lives there. And if it were to fall and break, what would happen to the kitty? Well, I'm You should protect it, go... it better. Well, I think it's more of like a familial creature. Um, like uh, a wizard's familiar from an astral dimension or something. Uh, not saying they don't have feelings, but whoa, we just jumped right into the conversation. I'm sorry, what happened to you? <sighs> the, sea, the air serpent. Look at me! She like ah, collapses she down. Rushes towards her medicine cabinet and begins issuing out some potions and says, here, honey, drink this. Ha. And well, you know what? I'll make a tea. Again. I'll make a tea of it. No, no, I'll make a tea of it in celebration. Your, this is great. Your teapot doesn't work. Well, there's someone here. I've got some boiling water. It'll be just fine. She starts okay. to steep the tinctures and soon enough is serving you a nice hot cup of tea. Drink, drink, drink. Your skin will be just the same, if not even better, if my calculations are right. Disregarding the fact that it's scalding tea, I chug it. Oh, <laughs> jumping all in. <laughs> Well, beauty doesn't have a, a price to pay, as they say. Well, what brings you to my humble abode? Well, your humble abode here has kind of been a bit of a sanctuary for us. You see, we are just passing through and um, we were flying over the clouded trees and then the air got too thin and so we decided to come down here for a little bit to walk some of the journey that we are making and then the giant basilisk snake attacked us yes and then we found your home and have taken shelter <laughs> here for now well i am so happy you took shelter here I don't think I could have had one more conversation with an imaginary friend, um, but it started to get to me when I realized I was creating drama triangles between the mannequins. That's when I knew I had almost snapped. But, no, oh, Gabby has kept her mind sharp as steel, and what's a gnome life without adventure, right? But I have so much I've missed here, but I've learned so much there in a way. Do we learn there? I'm standing in front of the mantle, staring at the mirror, waiting for myself to stop looking the way I look. She she begins to get that thousand yard stare and says, skin will firm up soon enough. I'm not really quite sure what I've learned now that I think about it. It might be my turn to be depressed. Uh, I don't have any food to offer for you, except the rations in the back. They probably won't go bad. Uh, can I offer you any hospitality? Rest? Food? Well, we will <clears throat> perhaps stay a bit longer. We are, well, yeah, we are. Please do. It's just place nice to have been... someone talk, talk back to me. <laughs> <laughs> sure. By the way, here is your staff. I will return it to you. On a second thought. It's a beautiful artifact. I have no real need of it. I've been without it for a hundred years. Why don't you take it as a parting gift? Okay, so I have these three ninja stars too that I would just put back. 
Well, if you know of any ninjas, please give it to them as a gift. Oh, Samoon's a ninja. Well, even better. Well, I thank you for your kindness to me. I can't thank you enough for your persistence in playing the little game and not just simply, well, I think I read your lips right, throw the globe on the ground. Well, that would have been the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, that would, that, yes, hindsight always wins. Well, at least I asked first. You did. I'm still staring at my face and not paying attention to anything else. I think we could probably stay the night. I'm really tired, and I don't want to get eaten by a stupid cloud snake again. As the thunder and rain pours on throughout the night, Gabby serves you a pot of vegetable stew. She's got these little bags that she pours into a boiling pot, and the food just fills up the pot into this steaming broth of beef and vegetable. Plenty of uh, bread that she places in her stove. She bakes it throughout the night, serving more tea, more drink. She jabbers on through most of the night, just so glad to have conversation. The night begins to close out. Sleep begins to take you, but Samoon. Oh, I, I am getting very, I'm getting very tired myself. But before I, before I go to sleep, um, how, why do you have a house in this area, and what was it like a hundred years ago? Oh. Much like it is now, to be honest, Skyworld doesn't change in the long run. I mean, it was very instrumental in the founding of Bonsaro, but after all the resources were utilized and Bonsaro was self-sufficient, Skyworld became just a, a, a leftover, a place of leftovers. So um, the reason I'm here is, of course, <laughs> it's one of the few places in the universe that there's no scrying ability allowed. So I, at the time, a hundred years ago, I had some people out for my head. I had uh, offended too many monarchs. And so I looked for a place where I could practice my studies in silence without any ability to be spied upon. <laughs> Wait, you can't be scried on in Skyworld? No. At all by anybody, no matter how powerful the being? Uh, no matter how powerful the being, uh, you want to spy on someone here, even if you are a god, you must come to Skyworld and see for yourself. You didn't know that? Any real estate available? You know, I think I could just live here with you. Oh, well, wouldn't that be lovely? I, you, you know, I know some magic. I would make a great apprentice. Well, I believe so. You were able to solve the puzzle. That's how does my face look yet? It's starting to like shrink up and get actually very um, tight. The collagen in your skin is tightening up beyond. You gained a year of your life. The moment that uh, it, I look over and see that everything is pristine and perfect, and I will notice if there's a wrinkle out of place, I will just like whoop for joy and throw hey. the blanket down. Well, aren't you looking better? Much, yes, look. Start preening, like, doing my hair. Like, oh, I thought I was going to die. Oh, now I look better than ever, and I can't be spied on? This is the best She's mission ever. Very happy about this. She kind of whispers over to Birdie. She thinks she's ugly. 
well, she thinks she's pretty, but then she thinks she's ugly. But then she thought she was pretty again because the scar faded and then she got ugly. I don't know. She, she thinks about what she looks like way too much. The night begins to press on, the fireplace crackles. Sleep takes each of you. Uh, Gabby runs over to her own bed, nestles up in it. And soon enough, you wake up to the sound of water pouring down in the cloud forest. Catrick is sitting outside. How many days pass before you decide to leave this humble cottage? I imagine we're just going to stay the one night for a long rest. Out of character, my thoughts are um, wanting to get Ellen's take on searching for that wolf pelt. <laughs> now that we have mm -hmm. the homeowner That's in true. a place of refuge. I'd like to go look for the wolf pelt again. How long is it going to uh, rain? As you look around um, or later that morning, Gabby says to you, uh, it comes and goes, but it if it lasted quite a long time, it probably would be like this for a couple of days, I'd imagine. It seems early enough in the day. If you would like to go look for your wolf pelt one more time, I'm, I am willing to go look. It's just a bit of water. Let's go look. Okay. I mean, okay. the Prince of Autumn has been without his green swan for this time already, so what's a few more days for him? Yeah. We can just take our time here. What a wonderful place. I love Sky World. Go outside, just stand out there in the rain, get drenched. <laughs> All right, as you're pushing through the rain, the thunder, and the lightning, what are you doing differently to find your wolf pelt? Looking? Say so Trina's probably no help. She is singing, skipping, and dancing in the rain. Okay. I mean, we're not riding Catrick, though. We're on foot, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what we're doing different. I'm on foot. You hunt for a little bit, moving through this dark and thunderous forest. The trees are all black, and they glow with lightning. And as the lightning strikes the forest, it lights up all the trees at the same time, sending forth light throughout this entire area. And that's when you see it. The large air serpent, coiled, quietly, snoozing after a feast. And lying between its coils, gently tucked away, is your wolf pelt. Guys, I don't think I want it that bad. Look at it. Oh no. Oh, that awful monster. How dare he? But Catrick handled him last time. Perhaps we can acquire his assistance this time. I don't think he likes me very much, Catrick. I think we, he also does not like the rain because, you know, cats don't like water. Um, we can try, but... Oh, I can... Let me, let me give this a shot. And I'd like to cast Mage Hand. It looks like a little songbird like Disney princess style, Twitter's out glowing blue. Um, and I'm gonna try to mage hand and lift it up gently. You have time to tell me to stop if you don't like this plan before it gets there. Um, you watch on as Trina gently tugs away at this wolf pelt. Go ahead and make an arcana check to see if you can manipulate 
this fur. You're going to go for a 15 or higher. Arcana. 10. Your hand grabs onto the wolf pelt and begins to pull and it starts to give away and then all of a sudden the coils wrap tighter and slide and you feel that resistance. Oh, you devil. What else do I have? Samoon. Observing um, Trina's uh, attempts. Uh, I'm just sitting back and kind of surveying where the snake is and the immediate surroundings. Um, and contemplating a distraction, much like before, but this time not so frantic uh, to make it happen, because we've yet to awaken this beast. Okay, I'm going to so say you are, you're 30 feet away from this creature, Trina. Samoon preparing his distraction. Birdie, what are you doing? Um, just standing there thinking, this is stupid, I could just kill something else. Well, I could probably try to sneak forward and see if I can get it with my actual hands, but I definitely don't want to meet that thing again. Awake. What do you think? I mean, I will do it for you, Birdie. You were there for me when I needed you. Um, yeah, but I don't want to get us all killed. This is true. I mean, this, this is a very I risky endeavor. I mean, I'm all for killing things, like this stone snake thing, but I just think that he's too strong for us right now. But it's right there, so close. Trina, do you remember how your hand blew up like a balloon? I just wanted to be there for you. You didn't have to put it back in my face. Her mage hand goes away and she st stalks off. I am sorry, Bertie. I agree that this might be a bit too risky for us to do, but yeah. perhaps we will find another pelt for you in Skyworld. And then that hmm. will be even more unique. Than yeah, that would be cool. I wonder what kind of fuzzy animals are in Skywalker, like that have nice thick fur. Mm-hmm. Probably none. I don't know, bird. Well, I mean, birds have feathers, but I, I don't know. We've never been here. There could be all types of beasts, and clearly, uh, Catrick knows of a lot of ancient creatures too. Not saying that we are going to take out an ancient creature. That is not one of my objectives in life, but. Uh, there are fantastic beasts around, so maybe we will find something. We'll keep an eye out. Okay, that's a plan. Stomp throughout the rainy jungle. You make it back to the wonderful cottage, where Gabby insists you have another meal. She is already working hard on some of her projects and her toys and her spells. Where is Gatrick, I wonder? He's around. He's kind of just out. He's inside, staying next to the fireplace. Are you ready to move on? Well, I think we are getting there. How are you feeling? Well rested. Well, that Looking is very good. To a good journey. We could make it to Luminous. Gatrick, do you know of any type of beasts that we might be able to hunt while we're here in Skyward that will give us a pelt like the wolf one that Bertie had? Wait, are you gonna just kill an animal just to skin it? No, no, no. No. There no. are griffins that fly. They have leopard-like skin and eagle heads. 
They um, are furry creatures, very large, much bigger than the wolf. Mm, that sounds kind of cool. I would like that. I think I would like that. Well, let us uh, move on then. But the Bye. wolf was evil and attacked us, and so that's why we killed it. We can't just find a griffin and kill it. Just because. Who does that? I mean, we can eat it too. But we don't need to eat it. We could feed a town. We could feed it to the hungry. Oh my gosh. But that's not fair to the griffin. Didn't agree to that. It's an honor it's an honorable death if if it feeds the hungry. You know, something about what you're saying just doesn't resonate as correct with me, and I can't quite put my finger on it. But I'm gonna say no unless the griffin attacks us first. You press on, saying goodbye. Gabby waves at you emphatically as you leave the cottage. Catrick assumes his his very huge form and begin to ride on his back as you move through the watery torrents of the cloud and thunder forest. And finally you see it. A tall towering spire of light that explodes into a sunburst that covers the expanse of Skyworld. You are finally in the basking light of Luminous. No longer dark, no longer cool, but the warmth of the city you can now feel. This is the city of perpetual light, and the region of Luminous is covered, covering this entire airscape with light and air. And as Catrick moves through this air now, his skin begins to dry, your clothes dry with this wonderful heat. The city that you see before you has a collection of earth and rocks and castles that have been formed together to give landlubbers and soil shoes a place to rest. Airships propelled by air, elemental air and balloons float throughout the sky. Prominent and wealthy people ride on their magic carpets and soar taking little quick trips to different places. And then Catrick says, hold on tight. We are approaching the wind tunnels. And he dives into what looks to be an invisible tunnel of wind and air currents. And Samoon, as your body moves through this tunnel, Catrick moves at an incredible speed, but you see that he is not propelling himself at all. Rather, he is being carried along. And then you put your hand out and you can feel the wind almost has a solid texture to it. You are unable to press past because the wind itself is moving so quickly, like an escalator carries you along with it. As you're moving through this wind tunnel on the way to the great city of Luminous, to what do each of you pay attention to? And where do your eyes go? Oh, I am so happy to be in this warmth and sunshine and there's so much light it reminds me so much of home and how the sun radiates off the off the ground and you see the golden waves 
And I think uh, one thing that Simone is is just focusing on is just the air travel um, that's taking place. He's unexpected to come, like Patrick's been mentioning the city and these various uh, deities and whatnot go there. Um, but he's just taken back by just how much uh, metropolitan-like uh, sequence is happening, both in the airships and and then the city itself. Indeed, you even see that there is a dragon of iridescent scales that flies into the city, bearing a very proud group of people on its back. One of them stands at least 12 feet tall, a giant of the ancient lands. And there's a enormous castle in which the dragon drops off on this landing bay, delivers the giant and his passengers into the castle foyer. Trina, what are you paying attention to? I guess I'm paying attention to the people. Um, Trina is really excited about Skyworld and she's thinking about moving in. So she's looking at the people and the kinds of people who are there and trying to judge if she would actually be happy here. I have an infographic. You see that this area is full of various kinds of peoples. And when you get closer to Luminous, you see that there is plenty of land to walk upon. Um, There's in fact a river flowing through the great floating city. Um, Along with the giants, you see that there are plenty of humans that walk around, but their hair flows, their beards puff up like clouds. Their skin appears very light and much like Samoon, they seem to have a strong relationship to the air. There are groups of humans that are working. Um, You see these alien looking creatures with heads like hippopotamuses with short fat bodies they waddle around in groups very communicable very domicile very docile people that they stay together speaking in their strange language there are also a few dark elves drow that you see they keep to themselves um, they're wearing fine clothes um, a family takes a flying carpet ride and comes back into the city. The man grabs his wife's hand and lets her down the carpet. The children bounce off and cast fly on each other and they soar through the air and the mother scolds them to get back down, not to fly so high. It's quite a cosmopolitan area. I think I like this place a lot. Like a lot, a lot. Maybe when we find the swan, you guys can take it back. I might just stay. And Birdie, what do you pay attention to? Are there any, is there any like plant life or trees or anything? Yes, there is an enormous (laughs) garden. Yes, there is an enormous garden that abuts the river that is flowing through the city of Luminous. There's little bitty parks with plenty of trees 
and grassy areas. Mm. I'm just taking note, mostly because I haven't, in all of my travels, I haven't actually ever gone to Skyworld. So, it's a new place for her to go. Catrick drops you off and says, Well, I have delivered you to Skyworld, so this is where I leave you until you require my services again. I will be checking in from time to time, but if you feel free to call me, you may pray to any of the gods in Celestia, and I will be sure to hear you. Um, or you could just pray to Melil. No doubt he could also hear you. Patrick, thank you for your wonderful service to us thus far. We appreciate it. Um, one question. Could you point us into the direction of where... What was it again? There was some type of carnival or some type of communal gathering. Yes, it was at Castle yes. Feathermore. That, lo- ah, that is where Frisia was last seen. Um, and you might want to stop in at the local tavern to see if you have any questions that could be answered. Sometimes the common people know things. If you need a good tavern to stay at, you could go to the current. It's right there. It just amazes me that there would be common people here. This place is so, so cool. All right, well, thank you, Catrick. And I'm just gonna chipperly just kind of start looking around and walking towards the current. Having come in on a trestum, no one seems to pay you any mind. It's just another day here in the city of Luminous. And you are walking around this small little square of a city. And there is a large tavern called The Current. And there is a uh, the Feathermore sign out on the doorway a large feather from House Feathermore that is plastered upon the building. Inside, you see a barmaid um, appearing much like Simone. She is serving patrons, and there is a, a man performing in the corner, playing some flutes. In fact, he's got quite a few flutes set up, and He's blowing through all of them through a single straw and creating this enormous melody of different kinds of air instruments. Cakes and sauces and crackers are being served. There's a bar and a couple rooms available. How do you proceed? Hey, Simone, you said you're an orphan, right? I am an orphan, yes. That girl looks like she could be your sister. I never knew of my family at any point in time, so I guess it's not unreasonable. Do you think it's possible that you might be from here? Oh, no. I'm pretty sure I am from the desert. Well, yeah, but when did you show up in the desert? Well? What if you fell out of the clouds and landed in the desert? I'm just saying, like... Does she have, like, the, the dark skin and the white tattoos like he has? Yes. Yeah. She, I've never seen anybody else that looks like that, except you. And I've seen a lot of people. Well, perhaps she is just a, a Janasai like me. I don't know. Maybe we should talk to her. 
I don't well, really she... remember. Maybe her name is Samuna. She Samira. walks over. She walks over to you as you say that, and she says, "Actually, my name's Kelly, and uh, welcome to the current." Now, would y'all like some cake, sauces, crackers, helium bar, or are you interested in the bubble bath? Bubble bath? What? What's the bubble bath? Uh, it's like taking a bath in bubbles. <gasps> you can you take a bath in bubbles? Well, if you're dirty enough, you can. I mean, I clean myself every day with magic, but I want to try this. Oh, magic. Pfft, that's the cheap way to do it. This is old fashioned. Get yourself clean. Really I mean, scrubs at your skin. The bubbles are a little activated and they just crawl up and down your skin, tickling you a little bit. It's quite nice. This is the best city I've ever come to. Well, you're not from here? No. Oh, but well, I where are you Simone from, is. stranger? Uh, Simone? Hey, I'm Kelly. Nice to meet you. She shakes her hand. Oh, she. Oh. I kind Kelly, of lean over Kelly. to she didn't she didn't recognize you as a long lost brother, so I think we're good. Fellow Ganassi. No. Oh. Welcome home. Well, they say Ganassi here. Oh yeah, we Ganassi. Where where y'all from then? What do y'all call it? Um, I've always heard of it as a Genasi. Oh Genasi, where are you from now with that? Because it's like because I hear it's like from a genie. So Genasi? Oh, yeah. And she kind of busts down and says, I can tell you're not from around here. So, oh, no, I am from, I am from the Banzaro area. Oh, well, of course. Yeah. But if you want to get your head knocked off, you call yourselves associated with the genies around here. We try to keep as much separation from them as possible. It's the name Ganassi. Ah, well, that makes sense. I don't know any genies myself. Oh, well. I had some, done some research, and I've been told that I am a, as you say, Genasi. That much I am certain. You did research on yourself? You didn't know? Oh, no, I did not know what I was until um, probably in my teen years. It wasn't very long ago. Mm, you had to take time to find yourself, huh? Well, well I am I've... an orphan. Oh. I don't know who my parents are. I grew up in the desert. Sorry to hear that. Why? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's just something polite to say and everything. You never know how people took it. I mean, you know, I myself, I didn't know who my parents were, so I pretty much accepted that as life. So, Wait, I mean, that that's now? that's pretty much how I took it, too. I grew up in an orphanage, and they took care of me very well, and they essentially are like my family. So... I have that going for me. So wait, you're from here, but you don't know who your parents are, and that's really common. So people just have babies and leave them somewhere? That seems very irresponsible. Well, I didn't grow up that bad. The current is the only home I've ever known, and the family here took good care of me. So in a way, I guess I did have a family, but... As far as my ancestry, that's always been hidden from me. But hey, hey, it's, you know, it's only skin deep, right? I don't know you from anybody. I just recognize your skin. <laughs> oh, yes, this is, it was when these, when my skin started changing that I realized that there was something different about me. And, the, uh, and I had some weird happenings 
throughout my life that I could not initially explain. But there was a nun at the orphanage that really helped raise me. And she kind of explained in small ways what I was. But I never fully grasped it until a little later in life. But even now, I'm still not fully sure what all it entails. I just know a little bit more than I once did. Well, hey, you didn't ask me, but if you want to know my advice, don't stop discovering who you are. Let it be a process. Am I right? Yes, I would. I would agree with that. That is how I generally live my life. Just taking it one moment at a time. Well, I'm glad you took a moment here at The Current. Anything else I can get y'all to get settled in? I still would like that bubble bath, please. One bubble bath coming right up. I'll make sure one is, oh, here you go. And she gives you a ticket. You can take uh, tub number three. Thank you. Anything for you, short stack? I think I want a bubble bath too. You want an adjoining room, number four? Yeah, that way I can talk to Trina the whole time. Yeah, that'd be great. Fantastic. All right. And a bubble bath for you, Samoon? You know what? Why not? I don't right, know when I'm spirit. going to get one in <laughs> any other that's way. The spirit. Well, we don't have any other adjoining rooms, so you'll have to take number seven. Uh, when it's ready, the gentleman in there is not done yet. So we got to get it cleaned up between patrons, you know. Oh, yes. No, I am well aware of how a public bathhouse works. So I will gladly wait my turn. All right. So you get well-fed and well-nourished and Bertie and Traina are led off. And as you start the bubble bath, you sit in and there's nothing, there's no water. But as you sit in, these little bubbles start popping up all around the tub and they start to fill up and they are dense bubbles and they, they do, they move all on your skin and your body. And you have that sense of just a wonderful thing, just uh, soap, just crawling all over you. And finally, it covers all the way up to your neck and your chin. You're completely submerged. And then the bubbles just start to shift and move. Well, you enjoy your bubble bath. Much oh, she enjoyment is. Was had. Uh, she is having a spa moment, taking her back in her mind to when she was in a much, much more luxurious place. She hasn't been in a long mm. time. And for Birdie, this is quite luxurious. How is she enjoying it? She's slowly watching the bubbles turn brown as to her dirt as dirt <laughs> starts to come off of her body. <laughs> yeah. She hasn't been this clean in a very long time. So Moon, you're sitting out and uh, your your face is open to the tavern. It's a wonderful restaurant. All kinds of food is being served. There are people at the helium bar just drinking down the helium gas and they're just talking really high now and laughing and telling jokes and or having incredibly serious conversations in these high-pitched voices. They make each other laugh over and over and over again, patting each other on the back. Kelly just wags her head laughing at the patrons as she gets everything cleaned up and breaks down the tables. She motions to you that your bath is also ready. Uh, Samoon will... Um... Oh, that face. So, <laughs> so Samoon is going to wander over to the helium 
and uh, he's gonna look at the tubes and this is this is this is so funny. You guys are so funny. What are you doing? What what is this? Oh, this is the helium bar. <laughs> Would you like to try some, this Mister Mister Traveler? Can I? Uh, of course. And he kind of looks at you and kind of looks at Kelly and Kelly says, first one's on the house. And she pushes you a long beaker tube with a straw. She says, you just sip it and get really lightheaded. Yeah, and just you like, end up sipping it really fast, and your head just—I don't know so what this is, Jimmy, but I do like it very much. Wow, this is very, very fun. You guys like to talk like this all the time? Well, how do you do this? <laughs> yeah, he's got it. Go ahead and make a Constitution saving throw, though. Uh, that is a six. A six. You pass out. You wake up on the floor and everyone's looking over you, just laughing. Can't handle your helium, huh? Got too lightheaded. You were floating uh, up into the stratosphere. Well, you know what they say. Gravity is, doesn't only work, it's the law. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess I will just take it as I can. That was pretty funny. Thank you for letting me have a swig. Kelly lifts you up. She says, yeah, your bath is ready. It's <laughs> well, I hope you stick around for a while. I haven't seen people laugh like that in a good time. Oh, yes. Thank you, Kelly. I, I appreciate your assistance. Your bath is as enjoyable, though it is quieter. I want to um, interject for a moment. Um, one thing that Samoon is experiencing in his bath is uh, <clears throat> as he's in the water, um, this is the second time that he's actually taken the time to look himself over. And so he's just, he's reminded of just everything that's happened because he sees the white mark, the burst on his chest. Um, this is only the second time that he's actually examined it. Um, because he examined it the first time back at the uh, the healing house at Baltop. Um, but under certain, certain circumstances, he wasn't able to kind of fully process that because everything was happening so fast. So he's just enjoying the bath, but he's also, you know, reflecting on where this adventure has come from so far. And soon enough, each of you are enjoying your dinner within the current. The music continues. While you're enjoying your dinner, you hear a loud shout. Three people walk in. They appear armed and they begin to shout, the bite squad is back. And they throw, each of them throw three bottles of flame in different directions in the tavern. An explosion of fire goes off. And one of them hits the helium bar and just creates an enormous explosion. Kelly dives down behind the bar, reaching for a crossbow. 
couple of the patrons land on the ground with bandages. Each of you must make a dexterity saving throw against this attack. You're going for a 13 or higher. 15. Uh, that's a 10. At a 2. 18 points of fire damage to Birdie and Samoon. 9 to Trina. Trina, you do something to get out of the way in the nick of time. So I'm sitting with um, where I'm facing the door. Uh, as soon as they come in and start shouting, I suspect something's happening. And so I get up and I actually throw my table down and duck behind it. But because mm. I didn't shout or do anything, um, it wasn't fast enough to draw my friends down with me. And this wood flies everywhere. Birdie, you land on the ground. Samoon, your ears are ringing. The bite squad begins to vandalize and terrorize. Kelly begins firing. An attack has begun. Trina, since you responded quickly, you're first in the initiative. Who are these people up in my new home? How dare they? Going to cast magic missile, one bolt for each of them in the forehead. Okay, okay yeah, three points of damage. Bam, bam, bam. They take a shot. Kelly responds to you and says, it ain't your battle, but if you got any firepower, I appreciate it. Samoon, it is your turn. You are on the ground. Fire has singed on your clothing. You see the perpetrators who have come to destroy and vandalize. They have on their shirts, they have what looks like a human mouth with large vampire fangs. Ears ringing, kind of just getting his bearings. Um, looks around, the world is kind of teetering a little bit. Um, as he took a hard hit, seeing the people he's gonna slowly stagger to his feet. Well, he's got the staff. So that's just the first thing he grabs. He has the, the staff kind of slinged over his shoulder um, and he's just gonna run at him. Nice. And just yep. hit whichever one's closest. You're going for 14 or higher. That's exactly 14. Boom, yes. slam into his belly. Okay. Damage. That is an eight. Ooh, bam, smash into his belly. And then one time a day, you can choose to do an extra 2d6 thunder damage to the target. Do you discharge it? And you can feel your fingers uh, covering the holes of this flute, ready to release this thunderous energy if you so choose. The way that I'm gonna flavor it is that Samoon recognized it, recognized it initially when he was gifted it as a magic weapon, but not fully aware on how it works. He's just in a rage moment. Um, he's going to discharge it unknowingly. So yes. <laughs> so roll your 2d6. Is a five and a one. So a six total. And what is your spell casting save? My sa spell save DC is 11. So it has to succeed on a strength check of 11. It rolled a eight. It is knocked back. Thunder erupts in this tavern. The current and the drow renegade gets smashed in the, and goes crashing through the window outside of the tavern. Kelly whoops and raises her crossbow. You have vanquished a foe. Yeah, so in this moment, like, it's happening so fast, he's just instantly going to go into his extra attack. So it's like, as the first one discharges, okay. he's already in the swipe motion to try and hit the guy next to him. 
All right, the human. Go for it. Another 14 armor class. That is a 19 without modifiers. Back of the head. Yeah, back of the head. (laughs) Not going to lie. That's another 8. Okay. Um, Yeah, that's an 8, 1, and 2. So 11. You bash this man in the back of the head. He falls to the ground unconscious. Simone, you have vanquished two foes. Yeah, that's going to end my turn. <laughs> Birdie, you the no- had action surge. <laughs> Birdie, this gnome has got a spiky helmet and he's shooting off double crossbows. Um, he's got some more bombs attached to his belt and he's looking to fire at you. He's getting ready to point the crossbow and just start damaging property and patrons. And he's calling out for the bite squad. I'm gonna run toward. I'm gonna run full speed towards the gnome and rage and go reckless. And I'm going to charge my bracers and punch them. That is a twenty to hit. Nine points of damage. Yeah, I did. But I'm also gonna punch him again, and that would be a twenty-two to hit. And then that is going to be six points of damage. And that is enough, Birdie. Finish it off. Um, I'm just going to punch him again. Well, actually, he's no my. Yeah. And I just pick him up and just do like a <laughs> into the ground. Body slam him into the ground. Like WWE. And he lays there unconscious, and Kelly immediately goes to putting out the fires and drawing away the helium gases in safety. She begs you to help. Get this gas out of here. Pull the patrons to safety. With the fire burning on, the gas containers nearby the fire and injured patrons, as well as two vanquished foes. Traina, what do you spend your turn doing? Can I? I know it's supposed to be used as a reaction, but could I cast shield around the helium containers to keep the fire from getting to it? I like that. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, so I'll throw my hand out and just be like, hurry up and get him out. And um, a, just a barrier, shimmering purple barrier appears around the canisters. Mechanically, it gives it a plus five to its AC, but I don't know if you have an AC for helium canisters. I love it. I love it. Samoon. Seeing that the battle is over, he's just going to sling uh, the staff back over his shoulder and just run to the nearest two patrons and kind of grab them under the arm mm-hmm. to help them out. Wonderful. And you're leaving the current, dragging people out and you can see smoke billowing from the current. People are crying and yelling and screaming and pointing outside. And you hear a couple people saying like, I think it was the bite squad. Birdie, how do you spend your turn? Kind of eyeballing their shirt. Uh, yeah, you can see that just as Samoon saw, it looks like a human mouth with a large tongue sticking out of it and vampire-like fangs. I'm going to take the shirt off of one of them. The gnome is now shirtless. Kelly stops everything, and soon enough there's a group of gifts, these hippopotamus people. They waddle over with their firemen's helmets and their water hose, and they're spraying down, and they're kind of muttering in their language 
pushing people to stay aside. They develop a little caution tape. And they, there's another one with like a little doctor's uh, cross on his head and he begins to bandage up. He pushes over to you, Samoon, and he says in common, he says, are there any more inside? Any more injured people inside? Uh, yes, there are, there are perhaps a couple more people, including some two of the bad guys that did this. Thank you for participating in this emergency response. He gives you a badge and says, but the professionals are here now. He whistles and two stalwart gifts. These hippopotamus people rush over and push past you and carry out the injured upon a stretcher, including the two vanquished people. This one is without a shirt. <laughs> they began doctoring everyone up indiscriminately. And then another group of these hippopotamus people show up with these badges, these stars, and they say, we are the inspectors. We will inspect this potential crime, though we will not draw conclusions until all the witnesses have been questioned. And they see you have a badge. They say, Samu, they say, do you have any participants who aided you in your act of heroism and bravery? Well, there are my two friends who are in there. Ah, and then I think Wonderful. I think, <laughs> so I mean, just like for a brief moment has a super fly thought. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. But I, I, not sidekicks. They are my friends. We were attacked and we just did what, what anybody else I feel should do. Just give us their names so we may give them honor. We will gather the story in appropriate time. Well, there's Trina and there is Bertie. And That's then there point. was then there was the woman who owns the place, Kelly. She has a vested interest. She was acting out of self-defense. She has a different category. They rush over to Trina and Bertie and these two hippopotamus men hand you these gold stars. For your bravery and achievement in going above and beyond the call of duty in Skyworld, we thank you. Uh... Thanks. They begin to clap their hands together. Oh, okay. The fires burn out over the current. Kelly comes out with a bandage on her head, shaking your hands, ever so grateful that you participated in stopping the Bite Squad's attack. Commonly referred to as vandals and proving that not all is peaceful in Skyworld. And so for now, our story concludes. Every story comes to an ending, so for now we must conclude. Thank you for listening, Sojourners. Your attention will not go unrewarded, and we look forward to continuing this adventure. If you enjoyed this background music and ambiance, then you should visit Tabletop Audio. You can find them at www.tabletopaudio.com. And take the time to sojourn with us. For articles on playing your very own Dungeons & Dragons games, visit Sojourners Awake at www.sojournersawake.com. You can also find us being inspirational on Facebook, Instagram, and now Substack. 
Trina will have the opportunity to go back to Bonzaro or even Dreamland, but she also has the opportunity to stay here in Skyworld, perhaps indefinitely. If you have a strong opinion on where she should spend out the rest of her days, then go to your favorite podcasting platform and leave a rating and review. Make sure to let her know what you think. And as always, Sojourner, may your story continue.